0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard anew our life, our liberty, our property, and our right to live as human beings. Folks, this week is really heating up and we barely have time to cover everything, so we're gonna jump right in it on this Wednesday here at CR Podcast. August 17th, what sort of government hatches a plot to kidnap a governor and then hangs it around a political opposition? Well, the same sort of government that engages in Nuremberg-level genocide and basically increases the death rate and lowers the birth rate. Okay, so everything going on with the FBI should not surprise you. The critical thing is, what are we going to do about it? There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of banging of pots on the right. Everyone, I think, agrees that, broadly speaking, our government is, is insane. Okay, now what are you going to do about it? Instead, a lot of these same people continue electing the same jerks who are part of it. They don't realize we need to move away from conservatism as a strategy. Because as a strategy, you're conserving the current democide, genocidal government, okay? You have to move away from that. We are the ones who need to change things, and you're not going to change things by doing what we're currently doing. So we're going to have coming up, Julie Kelly give a full presentation on the Michigan FBI's office, uh, the current trial going on, in the kidnapping trial where basically the FBI is the kidnapping agency, Fednapping, and what we could do about it, what that represents um, but first, I mean, you know, there's there's so much news on COVID fascism still not ending, trialsandexecution.com to get her book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. Um, there's a lot of news, both on death rates and birth rates. A lot of you might have seen Dr. Naomi Wolf put out, based on her researchers, there's a Pfizer document that seems to indicate 22 out of 50 pregnancies referenced in that paper ended in spontaneous abortion, miscarriage, now, it doesn't necessarily mean it was a total of 50 that they knew of. It's hard to tell what the denominator is referring to. But what we do see in that document is that a number of miscarriages were labeled as adverse events resolved. Resolved, that means like a transient adverse event. You had a headache or muscle tenderness for, for a day or two, it threw it in that pile. And that's just one of many ways how they covered up a willful genocide that they knew from 2020 when they were conducting the clinical trials exactly what this thing would cause. And I hate to get morbid here, folks, but this is why, you know, one of our sponsors is Policy Genius. They help you shop online and save money looking for life insurance, which. I'm just warning you, the rates are going to go up. Um, having coverage through your job may not be enough. Most people need up to 10 times more to properly provide for their families, especially if you're my you know, state of life, kind of younger, four young kids, main income. Uh, you really do need to think about that. So click on the link, PolicyGenius.com slash Daniel. PolicyGenius.com slash Daniel. Answer just a couple of questions within a minute, it spits back to you different options to compare personalized apples to apples quotes to find the best price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy so you could even speak to a real live person. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. That's how they make their money. Again, they don't add any extra fees. They don't sell your info to third parties. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance. They've placed $120 in coverage. So folks, before those rates go up, uh, which they will, head to policygenius.com slash Daniel to get your free life insurance quotes and make sure you're not paying too much because I guarantee you, you probably are. And folks, I mean, this is real. Um, Who was this? This was Margaret Menge, M-E-N-G-E. She has Crossroads Report Substack. And she had, we we mentioned this a little while back, but it's worth repeating this. The annual statements, the financial statements for Lincoln National Life Insurance Company, okay, it's one of the biggest, show that the company paid out total death benefits. In a given year, how many death benefits did they pay out? 2019, $500 2020, the year of the pandemic, 548 million. 2021, 1.4 billion, almost three times as much. Okay? Almost three times as much. That is crazy. That is absolutely insane, folks. And you look at all of the life insurance companies, the top five They're all showing the same pattern. And so far, it appears that that is holding in 2022, which is really insane because the number of people dying from Omicron is very, very limited. So we know and the people who do, I believe it's because of the vaccine as well. So if we have time, maybe we'll get back to more of that. But I do want to cover before we get to the FBI plot last night's elections in Wyoming. Um, You know, everyone's crowing about Liz Cheney being defeated More than two to one, unprecedented for uh, an incumbent in a primary. And everyone's very happy about that. But nobody is deriving the proper lesson from it. So you're going to hear it here. Why is it that she's virtually the only one who gets crushed that way? Every freaking rhino, which is 90% of elected state and federal Republicans, governor, senate, House should be losing 6528. But it doesn't happen that way. It's only people like Liz Cheney. Let, let me put it in terms that no one else is going to explain. On the same ballot, the same night, the governor Mark Gordon stood for re-election. That guy, just because you don't hear Trump and impeachment and everything. He is no different from Liz Cheney. Let me make that very clear. The governor of Wyoming is a WEF globalist type that pushed masks, said everyone's stupid for not wearing them, pushed Pfizer, pushed all this stuff. He is the same. By electing Mark Gordons, you will land in the same place as electing Liz Cheney's. But whereas Liz Cheney got, what, like 28%, of the vote, and even that was a lot. A lot of it was due to Democrats crossing over, probably among Republicans. It was under twenty. Mark Gordon won with sixty-one point seven percent. Now, actually, I was surprised that you know almost thirty-nine percent voted against him for you know very underfunded uh, challengers. So that actually is more than usually. Usually, it's just like twenty-five to thirty percent voting against incumbents. So you know, I guess there are some people waking up there. But he still won pretty handily. And the point is, what I'm trying to say is, if you actually had a movement that was focused, focused, and they made it clear that voting for Pfizer, voting for COVID fascism, espousing statements in support of COVID fascism, supporting the Ukraine scandal, supporting the homosexual agenda, supporting endless visas for China and India, and expanding immigration out of control, Supporting criminal justice reform, not the type we talk about with the FBI, but letting out violent gangbangers and murderers, that should be as much of a persona non grata dynamic as voting for impeachment. But it's like everything, nothing matters unless it affects Mr. Trump. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy she's defeated. But part of the reason she was defeated is because, to her credit, she's kind of honest about it. I'm not going to call her principled because her views are unprincipled, but she's principled in her unprincipled views that at least she wasn't ashamed of it and was open. And if the, the lesson is, if voters know exactly where you stand, they will vote, vote for our type of people. But in 95 percent of cases, they're not stupid so where she ran ads like, yeah, Trump's an idiot and this is stupid. We don't like what's happening to the party. Mark Gordon will run ads. Yeah, look at Joe Biden. I'm going to fight him. Uh, look what he did on energy. Mark Gordon talks about energy. You know, my Wyoming's a big energy state. It's so very much affected by federal land use and everything like that. He doesn't do anything about it. He's, he's, he's talked about global warming before. That clown. And Mark Gordon is emblematic of energy. Every single Republican governor except for the Florida governor. They're all like that. Like I said, if they were honest in the way they ran or if the entire phony conservative movement were focused like they were on Liz Cheney, if they were focused on these other people, making it that you cannot be in the party with these views, all of these people would go down two to one in primaries. Okay, this is what should always, always happen, but unfortunately it doesn't. And that's why, as I've said before, I, I did a show on this last week, we really need to move away from popular primaries to town hall meetings where you elect a delegate to go to a convention and they understand who's who and, and what's what. I guarantee you, no one ever heard of M- Mark Gordon's challengers, right? Um, I guarantee you, he, if, if Mark Gordon had to stand for a convention in this environment, he would have lost and it's true of almost all of them. Now I do want to say good news: the Secretary of State race, which is very important. We know that you know election fraud hinges on your uh, the policies put forth by the one who runs the Department of Elections in the given state. Chuck Gray, who's arguably the leader of conservatives in the Wyoming House, we've had him on the show before. He actually, by the way, was the first one to challenge uh, Liz Cheney. You know, before it was cool. And Trump, of course, endorses someone else, uh, this Hageman, so he left the race and ran for Secretary of State, and I think Trump did support him in this race, so he won that primary against the Rhino, so that is good news. I'm still trying to get information on what happened in the legislative races there. Um, But but it's just a lesson that it's not just Liz Cheney and Lisa Murkowski that openly flaunt the few sacred cows like... Voting for, you know, or against the GOP nominee for Supreme Court or uh, against Trump. But that they're for transhumanism, the WEF, global warming, Pfizer, the homosexual agenda, all that stuff should be persona non grata. Or just anyone who is not going to fight for Wyoming to be independent on energy, independent of the federal grabbing of half their land and interpose against the federal government. Anyone who doesn't realize that there is quite literally no purpose of the federal government anymore other than to prosecute us with the IRS and the FBI, anything they're supposed to do, not only don't they do, they actually make it worse. That is what we need from governors, but we're not getting that. That is the 2020 vision you won't hear elsewhere. And speaking of 2020 vision, folks, stop supporting the cartel in eyewear there's only one conservative american company that offers the gold standard of eyewear and that's better spectacles they use german uh rodenstock eyewear actually worn by ronald reagan himself but what they have nowadays is biometric intelligence glasses or big it gives you a seamlessly natural experience that works perfectly with your brain gives you the sharpest distance at all uh all uh, distances or sharpest vision including up to 40% better at near and intermediate distance. So those of you like me who are severely nearsighted, uh, this is a must. If you want what I have, what my wife has, and my oldest son now have, go to betterspectacles.com conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment today. You don't even have to leave your home. Don't settle with your eyesight. Go big with biometrical intelligence glasses like my wife and I did from Better Spectacles. If you go to Betterspectacles.com slash conservative now, they're offering introductory sixty-one percent off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Go with scientifically progressive eyewear, not politically progressive eyewear, and that's betterspectaclescom slash conservative. So folks, I just want to make another note on on elections. You know, there's a Fox News poll out, uh, that shows really you know the generic ballot has shifted to the democrats the shift in voter preference mainly comes from women in may they preferred the gop by 1 point now they go for democrats by 6 and i think definitely abortion has something to do with that and 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 what it what it tells me was so fascinating is how we built a movement around that issue that you cannot be any other way and be in the movement be in the republican party and even though it's kind of a 50-50 issue and people are very passionate about it, you know they're willing to fight for what's right. Why in the world can't we do this on 80-20 issues? Everyone knows Pfizer is a criminal enterprise now. They can't talk about that. What is so freaking hard to run hard on that, to run hard on interposition? Everyone hates the IRS. This interposition is so easy to do. At the same time, there's a new poll out in Florida that shows Ron DeSantis beating both of his potential Democrat uh, clowns by over 20 points among Hispanics. He's already at 21 percent support among blacks and is winning independence by a net of 12. So he's up over 20 among Hispanics. By the way, um, DeSantis run by one by a razor thin majority. Uh, in 2018, but he still lost Hispanics by 10. Now he's up by over 20. That's what happens when you stand for something, but across the board, generically, we're seeing Republicans slip, which I don't care anyway. But it doesn't have to be this way. Truly, truly pathetic. Now, again, I want to leave a good amount of time for Julie Kelly, this kidnapping plot, but if there's one other story I want to share with you just to piggyback off what we talked about yesterday, we talked about the danger of the monkeypox vaccines and how it's not just about monkeypox, but it demonstrates the smallpox shots. They had this ACAM2000 and then now the Gynios, which is both smallpox and monkeypox, that they they rushed to approve, and, and in the case of ACAM, had 100 million doses on hand for a generation, knowing that it caused obscene, obscene amounts of myocarditis. And what we noted is that, so clearly myocarditis is not new with the COVID shots. Clearly, this has been going on for a long time. Clearly, it's been going on that they have severe um, adverse reactions, and that clearly we don't have the proper surveillance to pick it up, and it's done by design. And if you actually studied troponin levels and cardiac MRIs, you would see a greater level. And likely, if you were to peel back some of the shots on the market, you will find some very nasty things about them that violate the Nuremberg Code just like the COVID shots do. So there's this report out from HART, not as in the organ, but H-A-R-T, the Health Advisory Recovery Team from the UK. We've had a couple of their doctors and scientists on the show before um there's another smallpox vaccine that evidently there was a study out seven years ago that it caused insane degree of heart damage and the reason why this is important remember the thai study the thai study that came out last week that said, whoa, 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 this is not one in 5,000 or even one in 1,000. You look at the subclinical markers, the the markers for subclinical myocarditis, you're already talking about a much more common thing. 3.5%, I believe, they came out with 3.4%. Massive. I mean, that's insane. That That is insane, that level of subclinical myocarditis. What is eerie is that a twenty. They dug up a 2015 peer-reviewed paper about the SPX vaccine. It was a version of smallpox mixed with a trivalent shot for flu. Experimented, of course, on our service members. Okay? And basically... They put in a surveillance system, not the military, but um this study they studied it. It was given to um a whole number of service members. Okay. Just keep this in mind when you know they just passed the bill spending hundreds of, of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars on veteran care for people. You know, injured by burn pits, but it's not clear. It's the burn pits. It's not clear. It's not Gulf War syndrome. It's not clear. Gulf War syndrome and these other things weren't from some of these vaccines. And in fact, in some cases, there's pretty strong evidence it is whether it's the you know the botched anthrax shot or or some of these smallpox shots. Obviously, it's very much young males that seem to be at risk for myocarditis that were that got the shots because it was the military. Eight point eight percent. 8.8 8.8 of the SPX recipients reported severe cardiac symptoms, the most frequent one being chest pain. What the hell? This is crazy. The rates of clinical myocarditis, clinical level, were 5 in 1081. Okay, that's like one in 215 or so. Okay, that, that's that been out there. What about subclinical? 3%. Three 3%. Percent. Three percent. So if you add the subclinical 3% to the clinical, which was like, you know, a half a percent, basically, you get what? 3.5%. Remember, when you start seeing grouping of disparate studies and disparate times for a different shot, look at that rate of myocarditis that you saw in those two shots. And that's what, uh, you know, with the Thai study showed for COVID. Again, I want you to think about subclinical myocarditis and and clinical, I want you to think about 3.5% of all young males in the world who got those shots and how many people that is and how many damaged hearts you have for a life. I want you to think about that and you tell me a Nuremberg trial is too strong for these clowns. So speaking of Nuremberg trials, uh, COVID fascism is not the only issue for which we're going to need one. There are a lot of atrocities being committed. But right now, there is a trial going on in Michigan uh, concerning this Whitmer kidnapping situation. Very importantly, if you remember, this actually came out before January 6, 2021. The FBI plot back then, we were told there are these extremist groups that are going to kidnap the governor. And I always thought that was just bizarre. Um, It's not just the fact that there are very few people on the right that are that violent, but, you know, you could always find a few in any group. But it was just bizarre. I mean, who would think they could kidnap the governor and get away with that and somehow get through security? It was just really weird, but it came out right before the 2020 election. And again, that was really sowing the seeds long before uh, January 6th, but well after COVID fascism. Remember that to criminalize our first first amendment rights our free speech freedom to assemble protest petition to redress grievances which we're going to have to do increasingly so with all the bad stuff going on well now they could infiltrate anyone and concoct a plot typically if you're not doing anything wrong historically you don't have to worry well you know if I'm not being violent I don't have to worry about anything cuz the idea of the FBI investigative power was to take a look at a group that's planning to do something violent, and you infiltrate it. But what if the FBI comes in and concocts the violence wholesale? Then what happens? So obviously, they initially arrested about a dozen people, did a bunch of FBI informants involved, and it turns out two were acquitted. There's two more that there was a hung jury, so that's the trial that's taking place today, this week. Um, the government is trying to re, uh, retry them and convict them this time. And there are crazy details that are coming out demonstrating that the FBI is basically a terrorist organization and they created this from wholesale. So when we're sitting, everyone's talking about how bad the FBI is. And oh my gosh, look at what they did to Trump. If they could do this to Trump, they could do this to anyone. And I was like, it's the opposite. They were doing it to the anyone's long before they were doing it to Trump, and no one seemed to care about that except for our guest today. This is a big deal, has repercussions for, chilling repercussions in terms of, What it reveals the focus of the FBI is on all of our political operations and what we're doing. Who knows what they're infiltrating, what they're trying to entrap people in with all their hired hands. So with us today is none other than Julie Kelly, a senior contributor to American Greatness. Obviously, the author of the seminal book on January 6th, uh, How Democrats use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. And you could follow her at Julie underscore Kelly two on Twitter. Julie, thanks so much for returning today to blaze media.
1: Daniel, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Well, that title used how Democrats Used the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. Doesn't that title apply to the Michigan Whitmer kidnapping plot as well?
1: It absolutely does. I mean, you know, this and uh, January 6th, is my beat, but I call the Whitmer fed napping hoax like my general hospital. You could not, the best soap opera writer, the best fiction television writer could not come up with a script this crazy, this outlandish, uh, but yet this is exactly what our FBI put together, to your point, uh, in Michigan in 2020 to once again interfere in the presidential election to sabotage Donald Trump produce all these negative headlines while millions of Americans were voting for president. Um, But it's just a crazy hoax. I have a lot of reporting up at amgreatness.com. I'm covering the second trial ongoing right now in Grand Rapids of two men who had hung jury in April. Two men were acquitted after their defense attorneys convinced the jury that they had been entrapped by this FBI. But if anyone wants to know the moral rot of this agency, it is on full display not only in this trial, but all the defense motions uh, that these exceptional public defenders have been putting together for over a year.
0: So, what's the gist of of what happened? you know in twenty twenty, um, when they were actually contriving this, based on the evidence we've seen from the last two trials, the the one you're observing now, and the one you know in in April, uh, where two were acquitted. What has come to life? Is it true that essentially there was no right-wing militia that had a plot to kidnap the governor? Um, you had random people that were very vulnerable. The FBI came in and infiltrated them and induced them to, to engage in, in such a plot. Who took the bait? What criminal acts were actually committed aside from the FBI agents themselves?
1: Well, I'm going to correct you. There was a a militia, right-wing militia, trying to take out um, Gretchen Whitmer. The problem is the militia was made up by the FBI. It was a fake militia called the Michigan Patriot Three Percenters. So you had FBI informants, you have undercover agents who are scouring social media in 2020, Under something called Operation Cold Snap, this was opened up by the FBI to monitor threats against politicians related to lockdowns. Well, there was a Facebook page, a group called the Wolverine Watchmen, 2A uh, enthusiasts, gun enthusiasts, 2A uh, advocates, and it was mostly just social media chatter. So what the FBI was doing, monitoring these online groups, um, and not just this one, but this is how they sort of started to stitch the group together. They hired a man named Dan Chapel in March of 2020. He became the main informant, um, and he started reaching out to this group and the Wolverine Watchmen, also reaching out to people who were at the Capitol protest on April 30th of 2020. And Chapel was the guy working with other informants to bring these uh, random targets who didn't know each other before that. The FBI got involved. Bring these random groups targets together. They hosted training events. Uh, One informant hosted what was called the National Militia Conference in June in 2020. They paid for all the excursions. Uh, They got their targets stoned and then recorded conversations with them. Um, So it's very detailed, but the overall point is you had at least a dozen undercover agents and informants working out of multiple field offices, taking direction, By uh, their FBI handlers and in turn, their um, supervisors to stitch this scheme together. The problem, Dan, and the main informant just admitted this in trial this week by August of 2020, there was still no kidnapping plot. So they needed to ratchet up the stakes. They brought in more undercover agents, pretending to be one, pretending to be an explosives expert. Get the guys excited. They could build a bomb and blow up a bridge near Gretchen Whitmer's vacation cottage. The agent was an undercover uh, FBI. The explosive expert was an undercover FBI agent. He showed a video to the group of a bomb blowing up a vehicle that was made by the FBI. I mean, every single facet of this supposed scheme to kidnap her was uh, concocted and executed by the FBI. Um, And so, you know, the timing couldn't be worse really for DOJ or the FBI, but it couldn't be better for the American people to see in full view the moral rot of the FBI and the urgent need to either completely dismantle it or dramatically reform this and start firing people at the very top.
0: So th- this is very important for our line of work because obviously you know we've been fighting lockdowns and 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 COVID fascism and we we support inter, you know states interposing against the federal tyranny, um, so you know but certainly none of us support kidnapping and shooting and blowing things up. So is it true or that that based on the evidence we see there is no evidence that the Wolverine Watchmen that anyone in this group was ever threatening to kill or kidnap a uh, Whitmer. They were upset by what was going on. So FBI agents created this Patriot 3%ers. They come in and they kind of go to these guys, try to pick off the weakest, most unsavory characters that they feel that they can might get to go kinetic at least um in, in in verbalizing support for violence and saying hey guys let's just let's not just talk about this stuff we gotta we gotta start doing action kind of like i say except when i say action you know we talk about political a- action items so they say hey let's get violent is that what they were trying to do to draw them out but before that there was no evidence that they, they had any plans to do to, to engage in violence
1: there was no plan. These guys didn't even know each other. The alleged ringleader lived in the dilapidated cellar of a vacuum repair shop in a Grand Rapids strip mall. His name is Adam Fox. He's a homeless guy, basically. No friends, no real family. He's living in this basement, unemployed because of Michigan's COVID lockdowns. Um, and uh, if he had it he didn't even have running water or a toilet. He had to go to the bathroom. He had to go to the Mexican restaurant in the strip mall. This is the alleged mastermind, but you have this paid FBI informant, Dan Chappell, shame on him, ingratiating himself with Adam Fox. Dan Chappell is an Iraq war veteran. You know, he was sort of a father figure to Adam Fox, texting him numerous times a day, taking him on these little excursion runs. Um, you know, sitting with him while he got stoned. And, uh, you know, Dan Chapel became really Adam Fox's best friend. And he's the one who lured him into this plot that didn't exist, right? It never existed. There was no militia group loyal to Donald Trump trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. You had paid informants, paid in cash, paid with laptop computers, uh, you name it, um, to put this together to support Chris Ray's bogus narrative that white supremacist domestic violent extremists pose, you know, one of the greatest threats to the homeland. Uh, This is all to support his narrative, and it just, it it doesn't exist. And the tie to January 6th is there are a lot of the same optics during the Whitmer, Whitmer bednapping that we saw on January 6th
0: that yeah i wanted to get to that but just for, first to vet this out i mean this is the broader concern it's not just a matter of the 2020 elections or even trump it's much broader doj and and dhs are are stating everywhere meetings with sheriffs they make it very clear that you know the border doesn't exist the human trafficking the drugs that that's not a problem we are the biggest threats if you don't believe in pfizer you are the biggest threat um to, if you don't believe in in uh, you know uh, absentee ballots, uh, virtual elections, Dropbox, you are a terrorist, and they're mm-hmm. going to continue doing this. You figure, all right, well, we just won't be violent. We don't have have to worry about anything. No, 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 no. They will contrive it. Now, isn't it true, based on what we're seeing, that even after they literally literally did everything they can to get these guys to to turn violent? Um, I mean, I, I could just picture going to Antifa and BLM. You wouldn't even have to go to their weakest links or most unsavory char- uh, characters. They'd right. do it willingly. Um, you don't need a FBI push-pull to accomplish that. But that they couldn't even – even with all of their bribes and, and, and uh, clever ways of getting them to join their, their militia, they couldn't really put anything together.
1: They couldn't. And even with Adam Fox and this main informant known as Big Dan offered Adam Fox, the homeless guy with no money, on numerous occasions, a credit card with a $5,000 limit that he could use to go buy firearms and ammunition. This is the FBI informant offering it to this guy, Adam Fox, and he never took it. He He refused to take the credit card, even though he desperately could have used it, never took it. There was a, as many times as they put the bait in front of these men, um, aside from stoned crazy talk and legitimate rage, not just about the COVID lockdowns, but the rioting that was happening across the country that summer. These, this FBI leveraged that rage to entrap these men. Yeah. And even when they had everything right in front of them, Dan, they still didn't take it. And I just want to pick up on one thing you said. We see the FBI and the regime doing the same thing about, like you just talked about, election being the big lie. That's a threat. If you're talking about anti-vax or whatever, you're a threat. Now they're doing the same thing. If you're criticizing this FBI or DOJ, you're a threat.
0: Because now, now you could blow up the now. FBI, right? Now that's what they're saying, that you're a terrorist. Your speech is now a threat. and And anyone could- who— you know, if if you have a group like abolish the FBI or something or dismantle it or defund it or, you know, narrow their scope and purview to only dealing with with foreign enemies or, or you know, certain specific uh, crimes, um, you are a terrorist. And that's very scary because obviously we're all in very tough times and um, we're all going to be very heated in our rhetoric, which we have the right to do. I mean, the left directly calls for violence and that's that's fine. Uh, so this is a huge, huge problem with them infiltrating, and we know they're obsessed. I mean, more so than than you know, with the Islamic groups post-9-11. So my question to you is what could you name some of the big players here in the FBI and what we saw they were doing and the criminal activity? Um, you, you you have this Chambers guy, you have Steven Dentano. Who are some of these players and where are they now?
1: Well, let's talk about Stephen D'Antuano first. He was the guy FBI chief in charge of the Michigan FBI field office when the Fed mapping hoax went down. Um, It would be his office who was responsible for the FBI handlers who were handling Big Dan, the main informant. There's no way he didn't know what was going on. He certainly was pulling the strings to some extent. And in October of 2020, Dan, after the capers over, the announcements are, the arrest announcements are made. Gretchen Whitmer gives this emotional video statement, how she was almost killed by Trump supporters. Joe Biden's on a campaign trail, blasting Trump for his dog whistles to white supremacist militias. What happens? Stephen Van is promoted by Christopher Wray, given the plum assignment to take up the D.C., FBI field office in October of 2020, just a few months before the Capitol protest. He's the guy who's in charge of any undercover agents or informants working out of that office on January 6th. And he's the lead guy, has been for 19 months in the criminal investigation now that has resulted in the arrest of over 850 Americans for their involvement in January 6th.
0: So that's where I wanted to take this, because what we've learned with COVID fascism is that there were too many crazy coincidences that came into place right away for this have to, to have been an organic reaction to something they weren't expecting, which is why we have concluded – and you know, we, we just came out with a book that in part deals with this – that clearly there were elements in government and medicine and science – um, that that knew about this, the creation of the shot and the pathogen, long before this, and this was indeed a pandemic, at least at some level, um, this entire thing. So January sixth, also at first, I was like, man, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, our people usually don't get violent. Okay, maybe there's some confusion there. Uh, you know, they they fired uh, uh, rubber bullets at them, and it created some chaos, and they let them in, and whatever. Maybe, I, but then there were. You know, there was the Ray Epps stuff and all this stuff leading up to it and all the warnings. And then they seem to mobilize for this at the you know F- FBI base in Virginia before this. And then now you look at the preceding year with the whole Fed napping. And then the guy who was in charge of that gets promoted to the D.C. office and is installed in there a few months before January 6th. Do you believe January 6th was planned?
1: I do. I call it an inside job. I absolutely believe it. And look, um, this this is why the Whitmer Fednapping trial is so dangerous to DOJ and FBI because you have a lot of the same elements. You had a storming of the Lansing Capitol on April 30th where this big Dan, the informant, was involved. He was taking his cues from his FBI handlers at the time. He had already been, quote, unquote, training with some of his targets. And he confirmed this week, get this, Dan the FBI instructed Michigan State Police to stand down and let protesters into the building. This includes alleged militia groups who are dressed in military garb. Some of them have rifles, which is allowed open carry in the state of Michigan, if you're allowed. Media is inside to take photographs. You have confrontations with police. You have military style, people dressed up in military style um, uniforms calling for Gretchen Whitmer, banging on office doors asking where she is any of this sound familiar <laughs> this was the dress rehearsal for january 6th, and the guy who was help running it is the same guy now at the dc washington at the washington field office uh, fbi field office there's so many similarities it's almost eerie and so that's let's talk about the pipe bomb too So, as Darren Beatty at Revolver.News, no one's done better work on exposing all the gaps in the alleged pipe bomb story. The pipe bombs that were supposed to be planted on January 5th that were miraculously found just 10 minutes before the joint session of Congress uh, commenced on January 6th, found by a woman who works for a government agency that just happened to get a $92 million grant by the FBI in December of 2020. She happens to go do her laundry and happens to look down and happens to see something that looks like a pipe bomb. This started the panic that day, the evacuation of a few of the house buildings. um, And so that's also some sort of operation. It looks like an FBI operation because... Stephen D'Antuano is the one who came out and announced they were looking for this pipe bomber. There's a $100,000 reward. We're going to find you. We're going to uh, use every resource available. Really? So you can round up 850-plus Americans to this day. They're still arresting new people, by the way, but you can't find a person you think you have on video. I mean, come <laughs> on, dad, This is crazy talk. But there is also, as I just said, bomb, supposed bombs. Involved in the bednapping hoax as well. So there's a lot of similarities. It shockingly and terrifyingly looks like a lot of this was a dress rehearsal for what happened on January 6th. And it's going to be hard, Dan, for people to really grasp that. I've said repeatedly the American people are not ready to come to terms with what this government did on January 6th yes. to provoke the events of that day, not just to take down Trump, but to put a permanent stake in the heart of the MAGA movement, I believe that someday we'll get the full truth, um, just yep. like Russia collusion. But um, you know, we're already getting drips uh, of reality here, and I think a lot of it uh, turns to Whitmer uh, that nothing
0: But in in this trial, in this trial, ha- has the FBI been forced to justify? any of these activities? Like, I thought that's criminal to have them engage in criminal activities. They would have this this female FBI agent uh, kind of sleep with the guys or, um, uh, you know, get, get, have engage in, in drugs with them. How is that okay?
1: It's not okay. And every informant, it looks like, uh, violated FBI rules. and the, But the FBI handlers were well aware of it. They knew that the female informant slept in the same hotel room as her male target. They were getting stoned with their targets, violating FBI rules. Big Dan was sworn in, get this, as the commanding officer for the fake militia that the FBI created and made Adam Fox the chairman, the head of the Michigan chapter of it. And then Big Dan was sworn in as a commanding officer, again, violating FBI protocol. They're not supposed to take active steps to, you know, engage or to uh, advance any sort of of activity, which is exactly what they did, giving, offering credit cards. I mean, look, Dan, the scary part is something really dangerous could have happened here. They were doing live fire training exercises. They were giving broke, desperate people, offering them credit cards. They were trying to put together explosives and get these guys to build a bomb. Something really bad could have happened, and just for luck, or you know, I've talked to a couple of these guys. I, I know them; they're you know they're very devoted. You know, they might be a little nuts, especially when they get they might be stoners. You know, nothing illegal about that. Exactly, most safe, but but something bad really could have happened, and this would have been blood on the hands of not these men, but the FBI. The FBI should be thanking their lucky stars every day that these guys didn't use those credit cards and get weapons and try to go so, assassinate Gretchen Whitmore. I don't Whitmer. know if you've studied so, yeah, the what's statutes the I don't know
0: on con- conspiracy statutes. But my the obvious question is why isn't there a criminal case against the FBI itself? Meaning there's one thing if there's a plot and they do certain things to try to infiltrate it, ultimately with the goal of disrupting it. But if it's become clear in the trial that they concocted that, why shouldn't they be standing on trial like these defendants were for attempted kidnapping of the Michigan governor?
1: Well, look, they should be. And I'm sure if you went back to that, the jury... Who acquitted these two guys in april if you talk to those jurors i would bet most of them would say exactly what you're saying the guys who should be in jail who should be prosecuted the fbi agents and undercover informants and uh, excuse me informants who did this to these men um it'll be interesting to see i feel very strongly these two adam fox and barry croft will be acquitted if not another hung jury Um, Because the trial this time around is even more devastating for the government than even the first time around. And you can hear how defeated these prosecutors sound. Even Dan Chappell, I thought he was going to break on the stand this uh, weekend. He was just being pilloried by these public defenders who are doing just a phenomenal job here. Um, But, yeah, so but, you know, Dan, who's going to prosecute these FBI agents? (laughs) Merrick Garland, DOJ? I mean, you know what would be great if Tudor uh, Dixon wins? Uh, yes, exactly. Yes, state. Uh, you you are getting exactly to, to
0: this. If she would win, and uh, this is what I think we need to do. I think we need a criminal statute in every red state. This is an action item because we always like taking it to action. Um, a criminal statutes, so this, this is a number of ways I think we need to rein in these federal agencies. But very simply, make it a criminal offense for them to um create a conspiracy meaning if if it's not already there and they're the ones creating it which is what they're doing um because this is this is an assault on the first amendment If if you just step back from all these details and give a full picture of what is going on okay so they want to stop political opposition that's what they want just like you know in china but what mm-hmm. they're doing is a little bit more backhanded is that they'll take us and we're all very upset. So anyone who creates a group to expose information and political activism, you know, elections, issue based advocacy, they're going to infiltrate it and try to, you know, again, take the weakest links and really induce do something. And that's what happened on January 6th. It's not that a single person who wasn't a Fed didn't do a single thing that wasn't wrong. Um, you could get some people, but fundamentally, it would—they—they they planned it, and it wouldn't have happened without the Feds. Because w- I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the same Michigan office—we've had Dr. Andrew Huff on. He's the guy who worked with Peter Daszak, uh, who is believed to have created the the virus, and he outed mm-hmm. him as a CIA agent. And, and you know, um, the FBI there has been surveilling and breaking into his home. He even had his dog tased, and oh. he, and and he's not even alleged to have committed a crime. He just literally outed Peter Daszak, and this is retaliation. They're utter thugs. And also, that mm-hmm. same office visited Garrett Saldano, who was one of the candidates running for governor, and he was the co-founder of Stand Up Michigan. Just you know, kind of that anti-COVID fascism activism. I mean, and they they did pay him a visit. Someone maybe called on him. I mean, this is a big problem. Obviously, my initial reaction was before you know I recovered and was like, "Wait, this doesn't make sense." It's like, "Man, yeah, we don't support violence." You know, obviously, prosecute those guys on January sixth. We all want to stay away from violence, and we all abhor that. Unlike the left, but you know, the more I think about this, you can't stay away from it. You can't if you want to engage in politics now and create grassroots organizations. Aren't you going to be saddled with this?
1: Well, this was the origination of of the hoax was this Operation Cold Snap and the FBI surveilling people who were protesting lockdowns. So it's all tied what you just said. Look at what happened with Ryan Kelly who uh, was one of the Republican candidates for Michigan government, governor, they started surveilling him when he was actively protesting Gretchen Whitmer's lockdown policies. And then he went to the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and then he was arrested a few weeks before the primary, this year charged with low-level misdemeanors. But nonetheless, it was obvious that they've been surveilling Brian Kelly since the spring of 2020 and just so happened they got to, they nabbed him on these bogus misdemeanors for January 6th, but this is uh, the continuation of it. Yes. And so, yes, uh, any political activity now from lockdowns, vaccines, the election, January 6th, and now criticizing the FBI and DOJ, um, all of it now is going to, this regime is trying to criminalize. And the sick part is, Dan, and you know, this, well, the media, the media's complicity in this, you can't imagine what the White House press briefing room would look like. It would be a scrum. It would be chaos if yep. this was Donald Trump's DOJ doing this to his predecessor. It's so cool. Like if rival. nothing
0: else. You know, FBI agents gone wild. You, you saw a little bit of this when Trump was president with Secret Service, had some some issues. Uh, With with some of these scandals, you know, fooling around overseas with prostitutes or whatever. Um, This is this is a cool story you would think they'd want to cover. But but no, of course, they're they're a bunch of fascists. I know you've given us a tremendous amount of time today, and I really appreciate it because uh, you're in high demand. Final question here. Um, You know, you've done largely on this FBI January 6th stuff, what Steve Dace and I have done on covid fascism. And Mm -hmm. I could tell you, we have had people in the medical field in you know, in, in government, come to us with information, come to us with stories. The last year and a half or so, have you had people from the FBI come to you with with information or just say, "Hey, let's sit down and meet"? Because it it really disturbs me. Where the hell are these people?
1: Yeah. Um, no, I have not heard from Jeez. any current or former FBI agent. And, you know, Dan, that's just it. Um, Where are the good men and women we hear about at the FBI? And I know that there are, I know there are some. Where are you? You know, we have some whistleblowers stepping up, talking to Jim Jordan, talking to Charles Grassley, but we need a huge public, uh, you know, tossing their badges somewhere saying this is not what we went through Quantico for. This is not the department. We are not enemies of our neighbors. We are not the enemy of our countrymen. We want to get the bad guys here and around the world. We don't want to get the grandma from Indiana and raid her house because she walked in the Capitol building carrying a Trump flag. Like, we need those men and women. And maybe if Republicans take the House, we'll hear more of them. Um, But look, this agency is just going to eat itself until we hear more, like you just said. People stepping forward, more more whistleblowers, including in public. Um, you know, this agency will, will be its own demise, which is fine by me. But in the meantime, do so much damage to regular Americans as they're just destroying innocent lives.
0: That's what they're going to continue to do. Again, COVID fascism, March 2020, criminalized our existence. We are a threat. January 6th, mm-hmm. and everything really in the background, when we see this was planned before, criminalized our political views. And that's, I, I believe this couldn't have happened without being in the zone the, of the great reset of COVID fascism. It all mm-hmm. ties back together. This is not just about inflation, taxes, the economy. You know, I still want to make it This is something so much darker. And it's, and again, it's much broader than Trump. I mean, I know you agree with me. I, I am a little bit almost hurt. And upset by a lot of our colleagues. And I know we sometimes go back to back on other shows and they're great, but it's just like really like Trump. Oh, now it's all out war. But no, it's been all out war on us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if it takes Trump for them to engage and do the right thing, then maybe fine. It's a good thing. Uh, You know, I'm just curious about, you know, if you have any insight to this, I'm thinking now I wouldn't be surprised if they take this to the next level, where you know, because we are talking about trying to get state interposition. So governors like DeSantis, maybe you have some sheriffs that want to interpose, and you have Kerry Lake in in Arizona promising to say, "Hey, you know, in Arizona, we're going to shut this down. We're going to keep the FBI out." It wouldn't surprise me if they start screwing around, infiltrating like you know, Republican state governments, and start doing this. I don't know if that's something you thought oh. about.
1: Oh, I mean, that's a great point. They absolutely will. I mean, they're going to do anything. They have done anything. They'll continue to do anything to hold onto power. They don't care who they destroy. They don't care what rules they break. They don't care what laws they break. They don't care what precedents they break. Um, they are going to do anything to cling to power. It's a very dangerous time in this country. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we're seeing this happen in real time, but also, I'm honored to be in the fight with people like you and a handful of others because it takes courage and it takes uh, research, right? It takes a lot of hard work. You can't get tired. You have to keep fighting um, because, you know, all of these forces are working against us. But if we want to save this country for our kids and honor our grandparents and great grandparents who built this country, this is what I think about a lot. I'm not going to let what my grandparents helped build be taken down by the like Chris Ray, Stephen D'Antuano, Joe Biden, and thugs like Lisa Monaco and Merrick Garland. Sorry. Um, you know, I'm looking at a picture of my grandparents right now. That's not what they went overseas yep. in World War II, no. came back to build this country to no. let these degenerates tear it down.
0: Degenerates they are because this is occurring with the most ubiquitous rise in violent crime, 4.9 million known illegal incursions since the beginning of the Biden presidency. That is the size of Ireland. Um, so this is anarcho-tyranny. It's not a matter of you an overzealous desire to clamp down on things. No, just the opposite. It's occurring during the most protracted period of anarchy in this country. It's anarcho-tyranny which is really another form of fascism. Um, Thanks for what you do. Again, you could follow Julie Kelly at Julie underscore Kelly two. the book. January 6th is still available um, on Amazon and check out the great columns at American greatness. Hope to speak to you soon. Take care.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much, Dan.
0: So again, that was Julie Kelly, the one and only, and I just want to say on a personal level, you know, it's interesting how she said it takes a lot of research, takes a lot of time. And, that's the problem with the phony conservative movement no one else wants to do things like that so it's just these like disjointed talking points that never amount to anything and she's really doing the hard work imagine if everyone who engaged in in this full time did what i do did what julie does and steve does um we need a lot more people like that um to do the heavy lifting and then again, it's got to go somewhere. And I think these are great action items. We need states to start prosecuting the feds, passing statutes, banning any any push-pull, entrapment operations of, of something that is not proven to have been conceived already. If, if they're the ones conceiving it, they need to be treated the same way you would treat, as it should be, a, a, a civilian doing that. Uh, on conspiracy to commit terrorism or kidnapping or murder or whatever. They need to be brought up on those charges. We need to keep these jerks out of uh, out of the states. This is a big, big action item. One of the biggest things, and, and I'm, I'm going to be working on that in the coming days, l- legislative items for the next legislative session, how to kick the feds out. And this is something very, very important, and it, it does remind me of um, – this at the Florida Standard.com. an article came out yesterday. No, not at the Florida Standard. Where is this? Florida Daily. Sorry, floridadaily.com. Jimmy Petronas. he is the chief financial officer of Florida. And he had a very interesting point on this, you know, 87,000 new IRS agents and what to do about it. And he said, he put out a statement again. This is in Florida. Um I don't know if he's appointed by DeSantis or you know he's not he's definitely not elected um like in my state you have a controller who's in an elected position but this is not but patronus made four action items for the IRS. One, the state of Florida can require state chartered banks to generate a regular report on IRS engagement. This information would be used to identify IRS targets so the state can help identify any potential patterns of discrimination and highlight how the new auditors are targeting the middle class small businesses. The information would also be re- uh, regularly provided to Florida's elected representatives in Florida and Washington, D.C. So that's just a way of really, you know, y- you got you got to catch them before it's too late. Um, <clears throat> number two, establish a civil li- civil liability trust fund to help small businesses defend themselves or even sue the IRS in cases of potentially motivated audits of federal overreach. The trust fund could help small businesses acquire re- representation for tax court. In criminal cases, defendants are provided a public defender, but this is not the case with civil law. This trust fund would provide a special tax counsel so that the small business owners do not feel like they have to immediately settle. Um, This is very, very, very important. Um, You know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very happy. I found this. Again, this is the CFO of Florida who deals with, you know, tax law in Florida. Number three, create a license at the state level so new IRS agents are required to register in order to access account information. The licensure process would further scrutinize IRS operatives and examine their backgrounds and motives. So we could check out if they're a bunch of woke dogs. Hey, buddy, you ain't getting a license. This is my word, by the way. Um, to further bolster transparency, the list of licensed new IRS operatives in Florida would be made publicly available so consumers are provided with the evidence in cases where IRS agents act outside the law. And four, establish criminal penalties for enforcing laws based on viewpoint or political discrimination. Um, that, that, and, and, and that's what needs to be done with ATF, FBI, um, DHS, all over the place. This this is the blueprint. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I think it's a terrific, terrific idea. It's a very important action item. Needs to be dealt with by all governors, all attorneys general, state legislatures. Um, this is where it's at. Maybe even at a county level, we could do this. This is where our mind needs to be. Not, oh, they went back to the House and hold hearings. That's fine, but that's not going to be enough. Okay? we need states to say you cannot operate criminal enterprises that that violate constitutional rights, persecute political opponents and then now even literally engage in the most violent criminal conspiracies as they've done. Okay? This is where it needs to be head. As you can tell a lot of people have done FBI, you know, podcasts and shows the last 2 weeks. But very few have done it this way. We're always going to orient it towards what the hell we can do. Do it now. Follow me minute to minute on Telegram at C19 Truth Bombs, as in COVID 19, but don't spell it out completely. C19 Truth Bombs. Um, and always you could e- email me, Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. Uh, check out my latest columns at uh, conservativereview.com and theblaze.com. And certainly continue to share these shows with everyone you know. This is vital information. We're gonna be working on those action items more, our strike force teams. And now we gotta make sure they're not infiltrated by the FBI, which is no easy task. But folks, all we can do is do what's just, walk discreetly with God. Micah six eight. Till tomorrow. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.